All right, John 13. John chapter 13. If you're there, say word. All right, if you'll stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's word. We're going to begin in verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Don't be confused. We're going to talk about that. Verse 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for the opportunity to come together this morning to worship through singing and the preaching of God's word. So God, I pray that you'll open up our hearts and our eyes to the truth that you have for us. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Any movie buffs in here? Anybody in here like to watch movies? Any kind of movies? Wow, nobody? I love movies. Love to watch movies. Um, I love to watch good movies, you know, the kind of movies that, that make you feel something, you know, tear jerkers. Uh, I love war movies. Those, are all, those tend to be some of the best movies out. You know, if you haven't seen Dunkirk, Dunkirk's a fantastic movie. Saving Private Ryan, uh, The Patriot, movies like that are just fantastic. Because these movies exemplify a type of sacrifice. And one of my favorite movies right now that exemplifies this type of sacrifice is Avengers Endgame. But I'm not going to go into that because it's still at theaters, so I don't want to spoil it for you. But there is no greater display of love than the sacrifice that was made on the cross. No greater display of love. In today's passage, we're, we see, as we have witnessed already the past few weeks looking at John 13, Judas has left. He's, he, Jesus has told him to go ahead and go out and begin what you're going to do and do it quick. Jesus has left to go and betray Christ. So right here in this room, it's Jesus and the 11 disciples, the true followers of Christ. And this begins the farewell discourse that we see throughout the final chapters of John where Jesus is talking to the true disciples. And this passage shows us that since it's the first thing that Christ leaves them with, this is, this is the first thing Jesus tells the eleven. It's important that we take a look at it. It's important for them to do this since He's leaving, to love one another. Now today's main point is this. The main point is the mark of a true follower of Christ 
is a love for one another. The mark of a true follower of Christ is a love for one another. And it's crazy, some of the things that have happened this past week, some of the conversations that I've had this past week, truly show that we need to have a love for one another. If you haven't noticed in the Southern Baptist Convention that we are a part of, there is some disunity going on. There's some division going on. I was talking to some people this past week who feel hurt by church. They don't, they don't want to go to church because they've been hurt by people in the church. There was no love shown to them. But we see here in this passage that the mark of a true follower of Christ is a love for one another. And so today I have three ways in which we can see Christ's love for us so that we can show love for one another. Now, I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're bringing this morning, but I'm pretty sure everybody in this room needs this message in some capacity. Because this is a message for followers of Christ. That we are to love one another within the church. So I'm excited to see what God's going to bring to the table this morning. Go ahead and look at verses 31 through 33. When he had gone out, this is Judas, when Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. So we see this betrayal happening. The scene is opening up. Darkness has come. The cross is shadowing over this situation. The cross is near. And Jesus says, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. So the first thing that I want us to look at is the love of God glorified. We see this word glorify five times in this passage. The love of God is glorified on the cross. The greatest display of love, the greatest display of sacrifice on the cross. We witnessed it at the beginning of chapter 13 where Jesus washed the feet of, the, of these disciples, including Judas, who's going to betray him. He did this to show them that he loves them. And we witnessed that even though Christ knew these disciples, the true followers, that they were going to scatter and deny him, he still went to the cross. If you like to underline or circle in your Bibles, I would highly recommend circling glorified and glorify wherever you see it, but also Son of Man. Son of Man, because whenever we come across Son of Man in the text, when it's referring to Christ, it's referring to Christ in His sacrifice as, a, as, as our substitute. Now listen, you may be here this morning and you're wrestling with sin or shame. You're wrestling with regret and guilt 
from maybe, maybe from past mistakes. Maybe you're carrying stuff that you can't get rid of, or, or maybe you did something this weekend that, 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 that you regret. Understand this, be encouraged in this, that Christ dies for sinners, not for saints. He walked to the cross for love of his bride, the church. And let me tell you that even though Peter denied Jesus Christ, still died for him. I mean, Peter denied him to his face. So why did Christ do that? Because of love. This, this is the kind of love that cannot be displayed in a movie. You cannot display this kind of love in a movie, in a book, except the Bible, but on the cross. Because Christ was innocent. And when I say innocent, I mean Christ had no sin. Sinless, perfect. He deserved no punishment, unlike us. Christ is glorified on the cross and because of his obedience, he will return to the right hand of the father, which is why in verse 33, he says, where I am going, you cannot come. And we learn later in this passage, he just means not right now. So be encouraged this morning, sinner, because we all are in need of the same grace. Believe on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give your life and your sin to him and be saved. And for those who have already done that, rest in knowing that Christ went to the cross for you, knowing your sin and shame. Not only is, is the love of God glorified in the Son of Man, but He is also glorified in God the Father. So first we see the Son of Man, second, God the Father. The same love is glorified in the Father because He gave His only Son for our sin and shame. He gave His Son for love. For love. John 3, 16, we see that the love of God is demonstrated to us in that He sends His Son to die for us. So we see that not only is the Son glorified, but so is the Father because of the Son's obedience. And He deserves all glory, honor, and praise. It's astounding what He shows us on the cross, and we are to be in awe of it. As a father myself, sometimes I want to give my child away. I love my son, but there's the terrible twos, the terrifying threes, even more terrible fours. And you parents know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all who have teenagers, y'all are just like, you wait. I know. <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> but as a father myself, I would never give my son up. Neither one of them. I'm not just talking about one of them. I mean both of them. Not for anyone or anything. Why? Because I'm selfish like that. I don't want to be in pain like that. I couldn't do it, but... The Father, God the Father, in His unconditional grace and love, in His knowledge of our sin and shame, He gives His Son to be betrayed. He gives His Son to be tortured, 
to be ridiculed, to be spat on, to be beaten and bruised, to be humiliated. He gave his son to have flesh ripped from his body, to have his blood poured out so that we may be reconciled to him. That's love. That's love. And, and, and uh, Hear me say this too. The cross does not show us our worth. The cross does not show us our worth. People say that Jesus died for you because you are worth it. Let me, let me bust that bubble for you. We're not worth it. We need to understand our depravity, our sinfulness. We're sinful, rebellious human beings. We are worthless. The cross doesn't show us our worth. It shows us Christ's worth. His blood was the payment that covered our sin and shame. His death was worth it. And this shows us grace. The grace that the triune God paid for us. Let me give you an example. If, if I see a mud pie, y'all remember mud pies, right? For those of y'all that used to play in the backyard a long time ago. Mud pies, right? You, you take a clump of mud pat it up. You got little cookies or mud pies, whatever you want to call it. Parents, y'all know y'all supposed to eat those when your child brings them to you, right? Mud pies. Are they worth anything? No, it's mud. It's dirt and water. But if I were to see a mud pie stand on the corner of a street where there's some kids selling mud pies for a dollar, do you think I'm going to spend a dollar for a mud pie? No, it's not worth it. It's mud. I'm not going to give a dollar for mud. But if I do buy it, I'm being gracious and generous. Because even though that mud pie is not worth a dollar, and I give my dollar for it, I'm showing that person grace and generosity, right? God displays grace on the cross. God displays love on the cross because the perfect, sinless Savior who hung there did not deserve to pay for my sins. Because I'm not worth it, and neither are you. I'm sorry if you came to church this morning expecting me to tell you that you're worth it. You're not. But Christ, in His grace and love, still died for you. He makes you worthy. You're worthy because of His blood that was shed for you. That's grace. And the Father sends His Son not because we are worth the payment, but because He loves us and wants to purchase us for Himself. That's beautiful. We are the mud pies. And God purchases us. Not only is the love of God glorified in the Son and the Father, but also in followers of Christ. How we love others is a factor of whether or not we love Christ. Now, remember the main point here. The mark of a true follower of Christ is a love for one another. And let me tell you, we have a hard time loving people. Because I'm going to be honest, and this is, this is coming from hanging out with lost people, talking to them, sharing the gospel with them. Lost people unchurched people or de-churched people 
sometimes have been hurt because of the church. And what I mean by that is sometimes people will come to church and visit and things are said. Sometimes we run our mouth and we run people off. How is that Christ-like? Because everybody needs to be in church on Sunday morning, am I right? There's not one person to walk through that door that does not need to be here. How are we to love one another? By experiencing the love of Christ first. And if we've truly experienced the love of Christ, if we've truly had Christ transform our hearts, transform our lives, knowing that we don't deserve it, knowing that we are just in need of grace as anybody that walks through those doors, we're going to treat people a little differently. If we've truly experienced Christ. People, people come through, through, through our doors, even church members. And you don't know what's going on within their lives. You don't know what's happened on the way to church or the night before. You don't know what they're struggling with. And the last thing people want in to walk through when they come through these doors is to be judged. They've come to hear the gospel. They've come to hear the word preached. Are you having a hard time loving one another today, church? Like I said, this is the message for everybody. Do you have bad feelings towards others? Do you find it hard to love those who are difficult to love? Because people can be difficult to love, right? But hear me say this, and please hear clearly. You are difficult to love, but Christ loved you anyway. And if we are to exemplify that same type of love, that means God's calling us to love people who are difficult to love. Our love for one another is a direct expression of Christ's love for us. And guys, we say it, we express it in how we talk to people. Ephesians 4, 29, do not let any unwholesome thing come out of your mouth except for that which is used for the building up of God's kingdom. We, we express our love towards other by how we serve other people. We express our love towards others by how we uh, approach them, react to them. Our love for one another is a direct expression of Christ's love for us. So, so take a look at the new commandment that he gives us. Look at verses 34 and 35. He says this. Verse 34, a new commandment. If you want to circle that, that's cool. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So number two, the love of God exemplified. 
Christ exemplifies that love for us on the cross. We see first a new standard with this commandment. So uh, uh, one of the things that we need to understand is this is not necessarily a new commandment in the sense of they've never heard this. We've had it in Matthew 22 where Jesus says, teacher, which is, well, uh, the, 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 the person says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus says to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard it before. This is even in Leviticus. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the standard was to love others how you love yourself. But Christ has given us a new standard. This is how it's a new commandment. It's a new standard. What's the new standard? We are to love others how Christ loves us. We are to love others how Christ loves us. Unconditionally, graciously, mercifully. We are so quick to tear, to tear other people down before we build them up. This is why Christ is sharing with the disciples that the most important thing, because it's, it's the first thing he, he tells them, we are to love one another. Because of the new standard Christ has given us. Because let me tell you, you do not deserve the body and the blood that was given on that cross. You don't. I don't. But He did it anyway. We see a new standard. We also see, secondly, a new power. A new power. He says in verse 34 that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What is the power that we have to love other people? The power we have to love other people is found in the love that Christ has for us. But, but that person's mean. Bible says you're an enemy of God before you come to know Christ, and yet He died for you. But, but that person's never done anything for me. <laughs> the Bible says that your works are filthy rags, and Christ still died for you and did everything on the cross for you. But, but that person looks and dresses different. You're not perfect. Christ loves you, we are to share that same love amongst one another. And this is a message that the entire church across the world needs to hear. Not my message, but this passage. This is what we need to understand, that we are called to love one another. John, who wrote the gospel, who also wrote the letters of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, he says in 1st John 2, 9 through 11, he says this, whoever says, I want you to hear this, whoever says he is in the light... Whoever says he follows Christ and hates his brother is still in darkness. Now, now let's stop there in, in that verse. Scripture shows us hatred is not just, I hate that person. Hatred is exemplified in several ways. So we need to be careful with that. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. 
Whoever loves his brother or sister abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Basically, John's saying, if you don't love one another, you don't know Jesus. And he doesn't know you. First John 4, 7 through 12. Well, never mind. Yeah, let's do, let's do that. First John 4, 7 through 12, it says this. Beloved, let us, want, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. Kill your pride. Kill your selfishness. Kill your hatred. Turn to Christ. Love other people how Christ loves you. We see the love of God exemplified, and it's by what Christ has done on the cross. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Husbands, this means how we love our spouse exemplifies how we love Christ and how Christ loves us. Ephesians 5, you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wives, you are to love your husbands as Christ loves you. Parents, we are to love our children as Christ loves us. Unconditionally. Serving. Men, get off the couch and serve your wives. I'm preaching to myself. How we love each other in the church. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to exemplify the same love that Christ has shown us. Yes, brothers and sisters bicker sometimes. I know. I've got two brothers and a sister. We fought for 31 years and we still do sometimes. But we always came back to each other and apologized. Ask for forgiveness. Why? Because Christ loves us and we are able to come to Him and ask for forgiveness too. We should show that same kind of grace. Pastors, teachers, deacons, elders, what have you, they are to love the people. In church, whether you like me or not, you're called to love me too. Please love me. Number three. So first we see the love of God glorified, the love of God exemplified. Thirdly, the love of God prioritized. Now this is a beautiful passage. I love this. Verses 36 through, through 38. And this is why it's a beautiful passage. Let's, let's read it. Verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, 
Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till, till you have denied me three times. We see that Peter did not express a love for Christ that was a priority because he denied Christ. He denied Christ three times. And they, they caught eyes. Can you imagine that? Looking your Savior in the face and denying Him. Because we do it every time we sin. The love of God prioritized. Why is this priority? First, it's priority that the world may know. That the world may know. Verse 35, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We are to prioritize our love for one another, for the love of God, so that the world may know. Can you imagine, just locally, let's just talk about our church locally. Can you imagine the kind of impact we can have on our community if we have the reputation of how we love one another? Can you imagine the conversations people will have in our community because of the reputation that we could have because of our love for one another? We are, to, we are to prioritize this love of God so that the world may know. And secondly, because it's the love of Christ to show. We are to love one another so people can see the love of Christ. So Peter, I love this. Jesus Answers him, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will, will not crow till you have denied me three times. Jesus foresaw Peter's denial. But there's a reason why he asked that question. Will you lay down your life for me? It seems a little sarcastic, but I think Jesus has a reason for it. Because not only did Jesus foresee Peter's denial, he also was able to foresee Peter's restoration. John 21, we're going to get to probably in three years. John 21, verses 18 and 19, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. And this is, this is Jesus talking to Peter. Listen, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Verse 19, this he said, Jesus said, to show by what kind of death Peter was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. What happens to Peter? If you look at church history, if you look at Fox's book of martyrs, we see that Peter stretches his hands out and is crucified for following Christ and for proclaiming the gospel. It's said in church history that he's crucified upside down because he did not want to be crucified the same way Christ was in respect of Christ. Can you imagine that? That this scene where Jesus is foretelling Peter's denial, Jesus is already foreseeing Peter's restoration. Peter 
prioritizes the love of God. He, he fails right here, just as we do every day, church. He fails right here. He will deny Christ three times. But he will be restored. And he will give his life for him. It's beautiful. Because we see in Peter the love of Christ exemplified, prioritized, and glorified. In Peter, we see what we should be. We see the, the kind of follower of Christ we should be because Peter fails. He, fa he fails a lot. I mean, he gets chewed out by Paul and Acts. That's another great scene for eating with people. But Peter gives his life for Christ. See, that's the kind of love we need to have, church, for one another. The same kind of love that Christ has shown us. The kind of love that builds each other up instead of tears each other down. Because, church, you know, you know, as well as I know, that when we come here on Sunday mornings, we tend to wear a mask. People don't know what we're going through because we tend to hold it in and hide it. And the last thing we need is to judge people and tear people down. The last thing we need is to push people out. We need to show a type of love towards each other. I'm preaching to myself too. Because one of the hardest things about being a pastor is learning to love people who are difficult to love. And you're going to see that as a church member and a follower of Christ. Because we're called to love people who we have deferring views on. We're called to love those who are of a difficult or of a different political view than we are. We are called to love those who are of different religions. We're called to love our enemies, people who hate us. And we're able to do this because of Christ's love for us. We don't deserve that love, but Christ did it anyway. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for your love. We are thankful that you have shown us this kind of love. And I pray, Lord, that you help us. Help us to love one another. Help us to be more Christ-like. To not tear people down, but to build people up. To partner together for the, for the working of the Great Commission, for the sharing of the gospel, for missions, for reaching out to our community. God, help us to have a reputation in our community of a love for one another that only you can exemplify for us. So God, I pray that, 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 that whatever is going on within this room, with, with whoever, Lord, I pray that you would grab hearts, change lives, convict, forgive, transform us to where we can have a more Christ-like love. Pray that you would do something big here at Red Cross. We love you and praise you. In your son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen.